0: All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms. Join in for spiritually enlightening discussion and the practical application of new thought principles. Here's your host, Rev. Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell, and I'm the Senior Assistant Minister and Executive Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Dr. Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister, and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the founder. I've been gone for a few weeks because I was at a few conferences that I had to attend and you know, actually support and work for for or present. You know, I was at the Panorama of Truth for the Universal Foundation for Better Living in Miami. And then I went to the International New Thought Alliance Annual Congress in Nashville. So now I'm back fresh and ready to teach some hardcore metaphysics to the Truth Transforms listeners. So as you know, if you've been following along with the current series, we're in the midst of a series titled, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. And it is based on the a book of the same title by T. Harv Eker. And this book is really, really good. I really like this book. I really like teaching this book because I think it's very direct. And he really challenges the mindset of... Of what it takes to break out of poverty thinking into abundance thinking. So the whole book is about mastering the inner game of wealth. I'm in the midst of the wealth files, and I, to be honest with you, I wasn't going to teach this book as long as I've been teaching it, but I'm looking at it now, and I'm thinking I'm probably going to end up teaching this book all the way through August, um, and maybe slightly longer, because I'm enjoying it one for one. And two, I think that it's speaking to people's needs. I have had people reaching out to me about this particular book. So that does let me know that it's connecting the dots with folks. Now, if you don't have the book, I highly recommend it. I don't know T. Harv Ecker. I've never met him before, never seen him in person, anything of that nature, but I like this book. So make sure you get the book. I'm on page 78 and we're going to wealth file number five. Rich people focus on opportunities. Poor people focus on obstacles. Now, there was some caveats I used to I was giving in some of the previous podcasts. I'm not going to go over all of those things about him not actually talking or disrespecting people who quote unquote are considered uh, poor. The what he's got, dealing with is the psychology, because that's what we're really dealing with the psychology of wealth. And breaking the old paradigm of the, of the mentality or psychology of poverty. All right. So he says, rich people see opportunities, poor people see obstacles. Rich people see potential growth, poor people see potential loss. Rich people focus on the rewards, poor poor focus on the risk. Now again, he is he's already stated he's speaking in general, but this is what I really want you to see. Well, we have a conversation around uh, opportunities, recognize that what other people see as a problem is an opportunity for other people. And if you have a way of helping people solve their problems or if you can make life easier for others, then you can prosper from that knowledge or those actions. Point blank. Point blank. Whatever people think or don't think about the fast food industry, what it did was it allowed people to quickly get food in and out in an inexpensive way. Therefore, there's a McDonald's or Burger King or Kentucky Fried Chicken or, you know, a Wendy's or or whatever all over, not just the United States, but in many other countries. Now, you can say the quality of food and all of that, but that's not the point. People aren't going to uh, those type of fast food restaurants for, you know, a downtown Chicago or downtown Manhattan, New York experience. It's just they are dealing with. Okay, this is an obstacle. This is an opportunity. I mean, excuse me. This is an opportunity, not an obstacle. Let's make sure that we jump in and fill this need. That's all. So when you create opportunity by seeing it, first of all, like, oh, okay, that's a, that's, that's a situation over there that if I'm creative, I can prosper from creating answers for that problem. Because it's an opportunity, not a problem. See, just looking at it as a problem, instead of an opportunity, doesn't allow you to think about it differently. Back to the book, page 79. Rich people expect to succeed. They have confidence in their abilities. They have confidence in their creativity, and they believe that they that should the doo-doo hit the fan, they can find another way to succeed. In other words, yes, I'm expecting to succeed because I have confidence in my skills and my knowledge base, my team, my whatever, but I also know that I'm competent enough to handle any unexpected side tracks. In other words, if something comes up that I don't expect, and it, I'm confident that I have the ability to roll with the punches, quote-unquote, and still come out on top. Back to the book. So it says, generally speaking, the higher the reward, the higher the risk, because they're constantly seeing because they constantly see opportunity, rich people are willing to take a risk. Rich people believe that if worse comes to worse, they can always make their money back. I just want you to just stop there and just think about it. If you look at life and the things you do in life as an investment instead of a risk, it changes how you look at it in general anyway. Now, do I believe you should take educated risk? Yes. Do I think you should... Make wise risks? Yes. Do I think that you should connect your dots as well as you can? Yes. But also have the mindset that I always can make money. I can always make money. I can always make money in any environment, in any situation, and in any circumstance. Why? Because I'm a money magnet because I know how to give service because I know how to take care of people's needs, because I have high skill because I have a prosperity consciousness. Charles Fillmore talks about prosperity and I have you, I've quoted this definition before, but I think it's about time for me to use it again in the revealing word. Charles Fillmore said that prosperity is the consciousness of God. As the abundant, everywhere present resource, unfailing, ready for all who open themselves to it through faith. The consciousness of God, the thinking and feeling, the awareness of being, the awareness of God as the abundant, everywhere present resource, unfailing, ready for all who open themselves to it through faith let's just think about what that definition actually is saying to you that true prosperity primarily is your awareness of god as abundance your awareness of god as the everywhere present resource no matter where i go prosperity is there why because god is on my presence The awareness of God that God's abundance is unfailing. In other words, if you meet the requirements in consciousness, what is that? What are the requirements in consciousness? Recognizing that it's the abundant, everywhere, present resource. When you are thinking in alignment with the truth of your being, it's unfailing. And it's ready, meaning it's waiting for us. How, how, why, how does that work? It's ready for those who are, who open themselves. So you have to be open to it. Ready for all who open themselves to it. Am I open to new good? Am I open to new ways of thinking? Am I open to new ideas? Am I open to new people, situations, and circumstances? Am I open and receptive to spirit showing up through my faith, and my faith is my ability to say yes to God. My faith is my ability to bring the invisible into the visible. My faith is my ability to see and work with the ideas in the spiritual and the mental realms of life. Am I open? Am I really open? Because sometimes people say they're open. It's like people say they're open to dating, but you know they want everything their way. You know, you know what I mean by that? You know, uh, yeah, I would date, but and then they give you the laundry list about why they can't date or why they can't meet anybody or why there are no good men or good women or good, you know, circumstances or, you know, it's time, it's money, it's responsibilities, it's whatever, et cetera. So, no, you're not open. You just say you're open. And some people say they're open to abundance and prosperity, but they're really not. All right, back to the book. And he goes into the educated risk. Okay. He says, page 79, rich people take educated risks. This means that they research, do their due diligence, and make decisions based on solid information and facts. Do rich people take forever to get educated? No. They do what they can in as short a time as possible, to make an informed decision to go forward or not. Mm. Uh. So, do your due diligence. Get all the facts. Do all the stuff. But make sure that you don't get or develop analysis paralysis. Sometimes we can stare at a thing and not take any action or even make a choice. So these are the facts that have all the information. And just say yes or no. If you say yes, you go forward. You say no, now you can put your mind on other things. But sometimes we just stay looking at the same thing, almost like in purgatory, you know, the old Catholic concept of of kind of limbo. We're just there, not doing anything with it, Not a, not a— Yes. Not a no. Therefore, no action is taken either way. You can say no legitimately, and push it aside and keep it moving. But when you keep your mind stayed on something and you don't do anything about it and it just stays there, stays there, stays there, stays there, stays there, stays there. It's now draining you of mental energy. It's it's like a leak. It's like you got a crack in your consciousness and it's taking energy from you because it takes Effort to maintain anything in your life—it takes energy to maintain anything in your life. And when you have something in your life that is not moving, now it's just eating up the resources. Now it's a it, it, your goal can become a parasite if you don't do anything about it, sucking away f- on your mental energy soaking away on your emotional whatever soaking soaking up uh, all of the energy you need to do something else so while you're thinking about this goal that you won't take action on yet, one way or another either do it or don't do it the emotion that goes along with all of those uh, all of that time and energy along with the words and then other people asking you about it potentially instead of saying you know i'm not doing that anymore it's sort of it's sort of like people who get separated and they never get divorced and it's just kind of just out there. You're just kind of connected to a person, but it's not complete because sometimes because, one, some people just don't, they don't want to be with the person, but they don't want to make the final step. That doesn't make sense, okay? If you're not together, you're not living together, and you're not going forward, and you unable to get past whatever the breakdown was to make a decision for your life that's what I'm talking about so in other words to develop a prosperity consciousness you have to be decisive choose choose quickly and then move and and, and And don't do what Lot's wife did. Keep looking back and getting stuck. All right. Page 79. Although poor people claim to be preparing for opportunity, what they're usually doing is stalling. That's what I was talking about. They're scared to death, hemming and hawing hawing for weeks, months, and even years on the end. And then by then, the opportunity usually disappears. All right. All right and then on page 80 he talks about something he 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 almost uses kind of talks about luck but luck is 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 created by action some people call luck living under correct knowledge so when you're in action when you're in the flow when you're in the consciousness somehow some way things start to align in different ways that you just don't realize but the point he's trying to make on page 80 is the point is however is that no luck or anything else worthwhile will come your way unless you take some form of action. To succeed financially, you have to do something, buy something, or start something. And when you do, it is is it is it luck or is the universe or a higher power supporting you in its miraculous ways for having the courage and commitment to go forward. As far as I'm concerned, who cares what it is? It happens. So when you get into the flow, stuff starts to happen. Now, this is really key, this next paragraph. And I, by the way, I do want to make sure that I offer the people the ability to call in if you want to call in and ask a question. Uh, you can call in at 816-251-3555. 816-251-3555. One more time, 816-251-3555. He goes on to say another key principle pertinent here is that rich people focus on what they want, while poor people focus on what they don't want. Again, the universal law states what you focus on expands. Get real clear about what it is that you want. Get real clear about what it is that you want get real clear about what it is that you want what do you desire what do you want to manifest what do you want to bring into expression and i know sometimes sometimes we we parse words we play with words or wanting versus desire if you want something you get the consciousness of want i get all of that but that depends on the context in which you use a statement. My point is, have you made a choice? Have you made choices about what it is that you want to manifest or experience in your life? And get real clear about what that means. Really clear about what that means. And go from there. All right. Back to the book. Page 81. He wrote, your field of focus determines what you find in life. Focus on opportunities, and that's what you find. Focus on opportunities, and that's what you will find. Now, just allow that to land. Am I really focused on opportunities? You know, you know, some of you all were doing the exercises about, you know, the guy gave me a money, uh, uh, you know, millionaire, I forgot what I actually had you all do just that fast. Money-making idea, multi-million dollar idea. And just actually ponder what that means. Really ponder it. And then ask yourself the real question. Am I willing to discipline myself enough to be the conduit through which a multi-million dollar idea can come through. I don't know. And what do you mean discipline? Okay. Many times people talk discipline but they really don't utilize discipline enough to demonstrate what they desire. People want to be a certain weight. Okay, the doctor says Work out four days a week for one hour. Do this much cardio. Do this much weights and stretch. You know, cut back on your portions. Drink more water. Give up the cigarettes. Limit or or alcohol intake. Or no alcohol, depending on, on your lifestyle and what you desire. Stay away from drugs and other things. And we don't do it. We can't even do the four days a week at the gym. We can't even do the, you know, cut back on the portions and the snacking. Well, it's that same type of discipline that you would have to have for money. Okay. are you pay- How much attention are you paying to your money? You know, this is one of the reasons why. And uh, many financial uh, planner books, they have, they tell you, write down your budget, write down every dollar you're going to spend for the month, structure it out, know where all your money is going. Why? Because it takes that level of discipline to take control of your money. You look up, I don't know, where my money went. Or, you know, I tell people from time to time, you know, go on your app. Get a bank app. And just go through and look at where you spent your money. You went to the cash station. You went to the store. You went to the this. You went to the that. And just just look at it over the past month. And see what the problem is. See where the problem is, rather. And what you'll discover is, in a real way, you really didn't realize how much money you were randomly spending. But it takes discipline to say, "Okay, I'm going to make my money do this," and I might even hold off doing this, 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 and this because I need my money to do this instead. It's no different than saying I'm not, you know, I'm not going to eat that, those fork slices of pound cake because I want to be a certain weight, or I have these health and fitness goals. Well, if you have financial goals, then you have to have that same level of discipline. Okay. Um, You know, what does it mean to really be disciplined? No, I'm not going to just be, you know, spending money on these credit cards and doing all this other stuff and being random with my money. And no, I'm not going to pay for things that currently are not in divine order. What other people say, Hey, outside, you know, outside of your uh, financial plan or budget. Not that you can't have good, that you can't express good, but, but when you are talking about wealth, you are intentional about your money, not just emotional about your money. Because if you're only emotional about your money, then your feelings will drive what you do instead of your intention. Well, I deserve these boots. I work hard. Okay, I didn't say you didn't deserve the boots. What I'm saying is, what's your intention? What's your intention? Because if you're clear about what your intentions are, then you will know where your money goes. Because then you'll have money for opportunities, investments, savings, and whatever. And... When life happens, and when I say life happens, I mean when the opportunities to test our faith show up, you'll be prepared. Some people can't, can't even handle a tire going flat without it being financially devastating to their lives or having to get the brakes fixed or any minor, less than $1,000 thing happened to their automobile without having to put it on some type of credit card. Why? People say, well, it's money, this, that, and other. Yes, but it's also discipline. Because sometimes you just got to buckle down. That's why I I, I love about Dave Ramsey. I I don't want to get into his politics and all of that. But when it comes to, okay, Putting a plan together to get hardcore serious about making sure you get yourself out of the hole. I understand why he says you got to have the emergency fund. $1,000. It's not a lot of money. It's a psychological thing. It's to say, okay, if some random thing happens, it's not going to throw me off. Pay the debt down. Then get a three to six month emergency fund. You start putting things in play to make sure so on and so on and so on to the point to where you have financial freedom. But that takes discipline. If you don't hear anything else out of the show today, get that you must be disciplined for you to have financial fitness, to be fit financially, to be strong financially. You have to have it both in mind and action. You have to have the discipline to carry out what you plan because you can have the best plan, the best books, the best resources, the best teachers, the best whatever. And if you're unwilling to do it, do the work, or follow the advice, it will not make a difference. You have the world's best surgeon and have the surgery and then don't follow the directions and end up in the same space you were in previously. That's how it works. So, we're getting close um, to about a minute away from our break, so let me remind you that this show along with all the other shows on Unity Online Radio are supported by your donations so as you freely receive, freely give my request is that you go to the website org or the shortcut Unity.fm and click on the donate button to help support this online ministry uh, just a reminder that this page also has a Facebook page and um, some other stuff I'll talk about when we get back um from the break we'll be right back with Truth Transform experience the difference Unity Online Radio the voice of an awakening world It takes you to power Unity Online Radio. If you'd like to make a positive difference in the world, you can by contributing to this global ministry. Unity Online Radio relies on listeners like you to support our broadcasts that send our messages out to an awakening world. Go to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate Today. Here's a Unity Mindful Moment by Ed McShane, a coach for your heart. When you are compassionate toward another person, you will be happier, scientifically proven. However, being compassionate has a prerequisite. Give the other person the benefit of the doubt. So to achieve a nearly instantaneous state of compassion, follow these three steps. First, take a deep breath. You feel conflict, annoyance, upset? Breathe. Breathe. It takes a little time to train yourself, but in time it will be reflexive. Secondly, offer a blessing and a statement of forgiveness to whomever upsets you. Bless their hearts, they probably started off the day badly, is an excellent way to reset your offering the benefit of the doubt and bringing your compassion to the front of your heart. Then breathe again and say the following. I hope they're going to find a little peace today. The benefit of the doubt precedes compassion. To find out more about A Coach for Your Heart, visit acoachforyourheart.com. Get on the path to greater success and financial freedom with best-selling author, entrepreneur, and host of The Abundance, Inc. show, May McCarthy. Learn how to achieve your goals and create the life you love. Join me for one of her empowering retreats and say yes to prosperity and limitless possibilities. Events are happening this fall and in 2020. Discover spiritual and practical tools to supercharge your success. Go to memacarthy.com and click events to find out more. Sometimes you might feel so alone with your problems, you don't know where to turn. We invite you to call Silent Unity, the 24/7 prayer ministry where someone is waiting to pray with you every day at any hour. Listen and relax as you hear their beautiful words affirm the highest and best outcome for you and those you love. No matter what's going on in your life, Silent Unity is always standing by. Call today, 816-969-2000. If you're wondering what's holding you back from living your passion, it's probably you. Get out of your own way and join Vincent Jenna every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Central Time for Stop Stopping Yourself. Vincent uses his gifts as a psychic medium and spiritual teacher, as well as a master's in social work to help people find real answers to what's causing them pain. Listen live and join the show with your questions and comments right here on unityonlineradio.org. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Welcome back to Truth Transforms with your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. Just to wrap up my quick little commercial, remember that this show has a Facebook page, Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. It's also the quickest way to get in contact with me. I also have uh, um, all of these shows. Previous shows are also on iTunes, not iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. For those who don't aren't aware that you can listen to the previous podcast or set it up to, for them to just go directly to your phone automatically through Apple Podcasts and Stitcher, and just also be reminded that Christ Universal Temples. Sunday service is from 10 30 a.m. until noon central time and you can watch the service via our website cu org, our digital app which is Christ Universal Digital or our uh, YouTube page which is cu temple so make sure you check all of those things out and also remember that on the digital app, Christ Universal Digital, we also have for the inexpensive price of four ninety seven a month, you can have access to the Johnny Coleman archives, which is expanding uh, every month. All right, so let's get back to the book. So one of the things that he talks about on page eighty one is rich people also understand that you can never know all the information beforehand. So he talks about his concept of ready, fire, aim, which is basically means that sometimes in the midst of action, you got to adjust on the fly. You train, you develop, you do all the things you need to do to be prepared. And then after you do all of that, you got to take action. Action does it. You got to take action. You got to get it out there because sometimes the perfectionist won't allow you to jump out because the perfectionist is sometimes functioning and mask functioning under a masking fear. So you got to jump out there. All right. Okay. I'm about to jump to a few things over because I want to cover a certain amount of material today. So I'm jumping all the way over to page 84 and he covers a lot of stuff in this book that I think is pretty cool. But I do want to, on page 82 and 83, one of the things I do like is this. He was talking about opening a pie shop. And instead of doing all of the research, he just went and worked for a bakery in his area. Now, he's a person that had, had a certain amount of money that works. He decided he didn't want to do it. It didn't make sense. But in the midst of it, he met somebody who connected him to something else that ended up putting him into another field of, of of business that made him a whole bunch of money. But if he didn't take action to go work at the bakery, he would have never made that connection, which connected him to something else, which created other opportunities. So he says... I have a model, page 84. Action always beats in action. Rich people get started. They trust that once they get in the game, they can make intelligent decisions in the present moment, make corrections, and adjust their sales along the way. Poor people don't trust in themselves or their ability, so they believe that they have to know everything in advance, which is virtually impossible, meaning they don't know they don't do squats. In the end, with their positive, ready fire aim attitude. Rich people take action and usually win. All right. Then he says, rich people see an opportunity, jump on it and get even richer. As for poor people, they're still preparing. So he has a couple of declarations. And I normally don't do the millionaire mind action steps on this show, because I want you to read them and, and, and just work with them. But I'm going to do it for this particular wealth point because I think it's important. So the first thing he says is, As for your declaration, Place your hand on your heart and say, I focus on opportunities over obstacles. I get ready, I fire, I aim. Touch your head and say, I have a millionaire mind. So what are the millionaire mind actions? First one is get in the game. Consider a situation or project you wanted to start. Whatever you've been waiting for, forget it. Begin now from wherever you are with whatever you've got. If possible, do it while working for or with someone else first to learn the ropes. If you've already learned, no more excuses, go for it. Go get in the game. Even if that means you, gotta, you have to go volunteer for somebody that's doing it. And I mean that literally. Get in action. Get around that which you desire. Get in action. Get in the game i watching from the sidelines saying I, I would do it this way or I wish that or having all of these hypothetical dreams about what could happen when you're not in action. Mike Tyson used to say everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face, which means that sometimes you just don't know what needs to be done until you're in the game, even with all the preparation. This is why I always tell people. The sign of a great team and a great coach in sports is the adjustments they make during the game. People come into the game with a game plan. Let's say it's football, American football. And at halftime, they have a thing they call halftime adjustments. And you'll see them, and they'll say, you know what, we thought this was going to work, it didn't. This is working better than we thought. Let's do less of this and more of this. They're making the adjustments and the other, their opponent is doing the same to give themselves the best opportunity to win. But sometimes you don't know until you're on the court. You know, it's sort of like what would happen in basketball when you say you'll do something and then you realize like, wow, maybe I don't want to stand in the way of Shaq while he's rumbling down the court. Do I really want to take that charge? Because that's a 350 pound man. So saying it is one thing, but you got to get in the game. Anyway, number two, practice optimism. Today, whatever anyone says is a problem or an obstacle, reframe it into an opportunity. You'll drive negative people nuts, but hey, what's the difference? That's why they're constantly doing it to themselves anyway. So, start looking at ways in which you can flip a problem or obstacle into an opportunity. Okay, what can we learn from this? What can we do with this? Okay, what can we do now? Look for the possibility. Look for the potential and see where you go. See where it takes you. Number three, focus on what you have, not on what you don't. Make a list of 10 things you are grateful for in your life and read the list aloud. Then read it each morning for the next 30 days. If you don't appreciate what you've got, you won't get any more, and you, any more and you don't need any more. All right. So work on those steps. Wealth file number six. Rich people admire other rich and successful people. Poor people resent rich and other successful people. Now, I absolutely love this chapter. I mean, this particular point, because it's easy to see other people's success and figure out ways in which you can take shots at them you know one of the things you know um that happens in the african american community that i've been noticing is when people are highly successful like the beyonce's jay-z's or whoever that we start trying to make these conspiracy theories around them where you know it's because you know something stupid like the illuminati is supporting them or you know something crazy and and, and I'll say things to people like, how come we just can't celebrate our most successful people? The people who show up with the talent, the smarts, the dedication, the commitment, and the know-how to succeed. That's what we should be promoting. Not whether you like the song or you like the movie or you like the business, what are the success principles they used to get to where they are? Now, some things are natural talent. Everybody's not going to be seven feet tall, uh, you know, like a NBA center. Or everybody's not going to be as fast as Usain Bolt. But you can be Usain Bolt level fast. But if Usain Bolt didn't have the discipline and the technique To match his God-given attributes, he wouldn't be the most acclaimed runner of all time, track runner of all time. So, yeah, he was born with God-given ability, but he had to develop it. He had to develop it. So, I think it's important for us to realize that we might have god-given talent and we might not have the discipline we might not put in the time we might not have the commitment so now we're looking at other people and saying well i'm more talented to them or i'm just as talented why isn't that why is it that i don't have the money the success the acclaim the fame the whatever so we try to take them down a few notches because we don't want to address what's happening with ourselves. So it's easy to talk about what another person isn't doing, or why another person sold out, uh, or they, or they, you know, or they're, you know, devaluing themselves, or they let Hollywood change them, or you know, you know, whatever the excuses we use because what we don't don't want, really want to say is this. I'm I'm just as talented or even more talented. And I don't have any of those demonstrations. That's the honest moment. That's the sober moment where we have to look at ourselves and say, okay, God, you've given me all of this talent. And I don't have a lot of fruit to show for it. We might have a lot of conversation. But not a lot of fruit. So don't be amongst those who are talking about people who have succeeded because it takes a lot to do it. Now, you can say, I get it. People say, well, you know what? What about people who are crooks? What about people who who are, you know, found ways to make money illegally or they've, you know, done a whole bunch of other stuff that we can come up with? And I'm not and I'm going to say, okay, well, just like they're unethical doctors and lawyers, and politicians, and whatever, yeah, if you look, you'll find people who are successful who are not the greatest people. But you also don't know what they are dealing with on the other end of having that type of mindset and taking the actions that they have. More importantly, that's not the majority of the people. The majority of the people that are making it at a high level are making it because of the level of commitment and discipline they have to their craft, whatever that is, that has allowed them to build the wealth that they desire. Most of the people that you're dealing with are not dealing with money at the level of some unethical person or people that you have in your mind. So, and the real question is, what do you desire? What do you want to bring into your life? And are you hating on other people when you see their abundance. If You don't think they deserve it. Are you hating on them? Are you throwing shade their way? Are you criticizing them? You know, he talks about how, you know, he used to drive, volunteer in the neighborhood and he drove his nice Jaguar was being vandalized when he drove a, a car that people wouldn't pay attention to, it didn't matter. Same person, different ride. He talked about how, watching actors and get on TV like the Halle Berry's and whatever and she's getting paid $20 million for a film saying it doesn't matter I mean he's being sarcastic like right, yeah right and he had to catch himself like wait a minute why am I being a hater because she's getting paid and she's being nonchalant about it so he goes on to say that I immediately neutralized the negativity in my mind page 88 you don't have to be perfect to get rich, but you need to recognize when your thinking isn't empowering to yourself or others, then quickly refocus on more supportive thoughts. Then he quotes Russell H. Conwell from the book Acres of Diamond, which was written in the late 19th century. So as he wrote, I say that you ought to get rich, and it is your duty to get rich. How many of my pious brethren say to me, do you, a Christian minister, spend your time going up and down the country advising young people to get rich, to get money? Yes, of course I do. They say, isn't that awful? Why don't you preach the gospel instead of preaching about man's making money? Because to make money honestly is to preach the gospel. That is the reason. The men who get rich may be the most honest men you'll find in the community. Oh, but you say, but, but says some young man here tonight, I've been told all my life that if a person has money, he is very dishonest and dishonorable and mean and contemptible. My friend, that is the reason you have none, because you have that idea of people. The foundation of your faith is altogether false. Let me say clearly, 98 out of 100 of the rich men and women of America are honest. That is why they are rich. That is why they are trusted with money. That is why they carry on great enterprise and find plenty of people to work with them says another young man. I hear sometimes sometimes of men that they get millions of dollars dishonestly. Yes, of course they do. And so do I. But they are such a rare thing that in fact the newspapers talk about them all the time as a matter of news until you get the idea that all other rich men got dishonestly. So he goes on and on. I'm not going to read the rest of it. But the point is some dialogue that is happening. And he's talking about going around telling people to change your psychology around wealth. And stop talking about them and and get busy getting your own. And Anytime you see prosperity, praise it. When I was a kid, I can remember my mom used to drive uh, my my oldest sister and I around uh, to areas that were um, much more affluent than where we lived. And it was a highlight to take a Sunday or Saturday and drive, you know, an hour, hour and a half away to some suburbs that we normally would never see and just drive around and look at the homes. Because she wanted to plant the seed in our minds of a level of affluence that we wouldn't normally see. Now, we didn't live in a bad neighborhood. I actually lived in a pretty decent middle-class African-American neighborhood. But where we were going, the houses were worth, five times, 10 times as much at times. She wanted people to be able to see it. She wanted us rather to be able to see affluence, prosperity, abundance, and say, okay, if God is no respecter of person, if God can do that through that individual, God can do that through me. As Reverend Ike used to say, never curse the ritual, you'll never be one of us. (laughs) Anyway, All right. So, page 93. He wrote, the fact is, resenting the rich is one of the surest ways to stay broke. We are creatures of habit, and to overcome this or any other habit, we need to practice. Instead of Resenting rich people. I want you to practice admiring rich people. I want you to practice blessing rich people, and I want you to practice loving rich people. Now you can say, "Now you're going too far now," but you don't get. He's talking about the psychology. He's not talking about in one individual, the individuals you don't like. He's talking about a psychology shift. Every time you see abundance and affluence, praise it. When I was in Miami and I was seeing the Lamborghinis in the Ferraris, in downtown Miami, the Porsches, let me stop and praise. Now, that Lamborghini driving by is worth more than a lot of people's homes in the United States. And I can say, why would a person do? No, let me praise the abundance of God, that a person could express prosperity at the level that allows them to drive a $280,000 car. Praise God. God is nothing but abundance. I took a boat trip with a few friends. We went out to the out into the ocean to the man-made islands off of downtown Miami where all of the celebrities live. You know, the the Diddy's, the Jennifer Lopez's, the Rihanna's, the Matt Damon's, you know, so on and so on and so on and so on. DJ Khaled's and whatever. And those homes are ranging anywhere from five million. I think the, high, the the most expensive home out there was 45 million. Some of them were only accessible via boat. Thank God for the abundance. Thank God for it. And, because, and and we can say, well, that, that money can be utilized in other ways. And those people only live there part of the time, part time. They're not even there the whole year. Thank God for the abundance. Because you're trying to shift your psychology. So you can criticize or you can expand. But you you won't do both at the same time. Back to the book. What are the philosophy? page 93, one of the philosophies I live by comes from ancient Huna wisdom, the original teachings of the Hawaiian elders. It goes like this. Bless that which you want. If you see a person with a beautiful home, bless that, that person and bless that home. If you see a person with a beautiful car, bless that person and bless that car. If you see a person with a loving family, bless that person and bless that family. If you see a person... With a beautiful body, bless that person and bless their body. The point is, if you resent what people have in any way, shape, or form, you can never have it. Regardless, if you see a person with a gorgeous black Jaguar with the sunroof open, don't throw beer cans at it. That was what happened to his car. So what he's basically saying is this. What you want more of, bless it when you see it. Bless it when you think about it. Bless it. So he says, place your hand on your heart and say, I admire rich people, I bless rich people, I love rich people, and I'm going to be one of those rich people, too. You can even say, I am one of those rich people, too. He didn't say that, but hey, I am at the state of being. Touch your head and say, I have a millionaire mind. So he gives a couple of actions. I'm going to give the actions for this one, too, before we close for the day. He says, number one, practice the HUNA philosophy. Bless that which you want. Drive around and or buy magazines. Look at beautiful homes, gorgeous cars and read about successful businesses. Whatever you see that you like, bless it and bless the owners or people involved. I would even say go to car dealerships and this takes discipline because people will walk out with beyond their means but if you have the discipline, just go to car dealerships and just go into the to the To the building, showroom, take somebody with you take some pictures of you, yourself in the car that you desire go do some go drive around and take a look at model homes and take pictures of yourself in the model home. go in areas that you like that are prosperous take pictures of yourself see yourself in it and experiencing it why you're shifting your psychology you have to make normal You have to make abundance normal for yourself. Make abundance normal. That doesn't mean go spend your whole paycheck at a restaurant and then you're trying to figure out how to pay your bills or robbing Peter to pay Paul. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying be foolish. I'm saying you have to learn how to make abundance feel. Notice what I'm using, the term I'm using. Feel normal. So you have to put yourself in the environment of it. You know, sometimes I might mean just, you know, going to an affluent area and just walk around. And stop and just pay attention and look. Just feel that you belong in the area. Second thing, write or send a short letter or email to someone you know of, not necessarily personal, who is highly successful in any arena telling them how much you admire and honor them for their achievements. So you're sending a letter or email to someone you know or don't know. I think it would be really great if you send it to somebody that you know, but it's his direction, it's not mine, who is highly successful in any arena, telling them how much you admire and honor them for their achievements. So we're going to stop here because we run out of time. I want to again thank you all for following along with the show. So we can do what we need to do to expand, to grow, to help you develop what you need in your own life or desire in your own life or want in your own life. Again, if you haven't purchased the book, I would strongly suggest that you do. And just know that as you continue to work and pray and develop and follow the steps, you're expanding and you're creating deep roots. Deep roots. That will eventually show up as deep um, as produce, as fruit. So keep planting the seeds, creating the roots so you can have the fruit later. That's important. Next week, we'll cover a few more wealth files. We'll cover what needs to be covered, doing what we need to do. Don't forget to touch base with Christ Universal Temple. For this Sunday, 10:30 uh, a.m. to 12 p.m. Central Time, via our website, cutemple.org, our digital app, Christ Universal Digital, which is available on Apple or Google Play Stores, or watch it on our YouTube page at our page, CU Temple. God bless you, and I'll be with you next week with Truth Transforms. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa, and I've been a medical intuitive for over 30 years. Let me help you find new ways to heal physical and emotional problems. Be a part of my Healthy Living Intuitively podcast studio audience every week. Follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa Fan Page, and Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa One, to get that information. I answer audience questions, and you can learn from people calling in that might be dealing with the same things that you are. Follow Healthy Living Intuitively, part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network, and wherever you get your podcasts.